0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to another segment of the Cisco and Mark Falzon, Falzon Hour, Broadcast and Politics. Great to be back. Mark, welcome.
2: How are you? Welcome. Hi, Fine. Um, I got uh, 15 day, 14 days left on my 30 days Facebook um, at the conclusion <laughs> of this uh, episode. <laughs> that'll be 60 of 67 days I've been in Facebook jail. And
1: so you, ha- you have 50 more so days, immediate- 14 more days for jail in Facebook.
2: Right, 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 right. <laughs> this, this is a bad month. I, I, I've been in jail. What is this? The, uh, we just turned into the ninth month.
1: Everybody.
2: And uh, I think I've been in jail five months already.
1: You've been in jail five years. Anyway,
2: uh, Facebook? Yeah, yeah, so far this year. Yeah, bad year. Well, you're... Yeah, F ten, you know. You, you, it's, it's a little California pencil-dorm tattooed, and yes, I'm going to use the term faggot. I will do the, it, you know. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. They're, they're ill-educated or they're third-worlders, you know, because sometimes... I, I, I'm being sarcastic, and I get put in Facebook jail. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me or what? Anyway, let's <laughs> talk sure about uh, you know you what rant, are, the are rant of the Joe week. I, uh, my rant of the week is we're missing Joe Biden's speech. You know that great unifier, that that man <laughs> of clarified <laughs> thinking. You know, uh, I mean, you? we we are clearly at police state. Stage two or three. I right. mean, we haven't gotten to five yet. When when they get to five, it's when people like uh, Cisco and I get rounded up. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they're going after they're going after the uh, the Trump part of the Republican Party, which is the main part of the Republican Party. They're using government <laughs> agencies to do it. It's it's a fascist dictatorship. They're using the power of the state. To eliminate enemies. I I mean, we have Peter Navarro on our show. Now, they took that man. He's in his 70s. They arrested him. They handcuffed him. They strip-searched him, son of a bitch, and they put him in leg irons. a (laughs) 70-something-year-old man. Now, what's the point of doing that, aside from embarrassing him, demeaning him, and discouraging other people? Well, you know what? There's... uh, F you and a horse you rode in on, FBI. Uh, and your turn, Sarah. <laughs> well,
1: anyway, that was the rant of the week from Mark Falzone. Well, I, I know we have our guests on uh, waiting. Uh, Mr. Kenny, I will be bringing you in in a couple minutes, uh, two minutes. Just got to do a quick mo- uh, uh, monologue here. Two things, real quick. In Colorado, they sh- Twenty-two thousand household their their um their electricity thermostat was shut off. You know those smart meters
2: out there. Well, the power company. See, we were warned about that. We were warned about yes. that years ago in the Tea Party that not to get well, the smart meters to climb them.
1: The smart meters are actually doing the job. They they'll shut you down uh, when uh, they have to limit. Second thing. Which we're going to speak to Mr. Kenny uh, in a minute. 40 percent oh, of people will be probably be evicted in the next couple of months because the eviction moratorium is going to be shut off. So
2: it's illegal. That's, they that's it shouldn't pretty, even. Be, the, you know, the, this is this shows you the authoritarianism, the dictatorship of the left. Even the friggin' judge said, this is illegal, you can't do it. So what does the administration do? They just proceed and do it. Now, if I was a <laughs> landlord, I I, I I remember saying this. If I was a landlord, I would have gone to court and demanded these people be taken out by order of the Ninth District or whatever the hell court it was, maybe even the Supreme Court, that ordered this yeah. null and void, like, how could it even have continued? It was illegal, just like the student loan thing is illegal. Now, are our damn Republicans going to take Biden to court and block him? Yes. Because okay. he doesn't have the authority to do this. And my uh, sources are Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama are the ones that told me that the president can't do it. Definitely. So is the GOP going to take him to court or are they just going to whine and piss themselves? God damn this GOP. Don't they realize the <laughs> stakes that are going on here?
1: Definitely. Well, join in, 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 and okay. um, welcome Derek Kinney, author of Good Money Revolution, How to Make Money, Do More Good. Derek is the CEO of Good Money Framework and host of the popular podcast called Good Money.
3: Welcome, Mr. Kinney. Hey, thank you so much. It's great to be with you both. You guys are on fire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. well
1: I'll tell you something mr kenny i i I went ahead and and, and did my prepping, and I love those Ten Commandments. you know as a matter of fact, I subscribe to it now um I put my name so you can, I can get some more information um but as a private wealth advisor, and now with your new role in life that you're taking upon yourself. Where do you see the economy? Uh, and I'm well, going I'm right
2: at that point.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm worried about it. And and you know, I like to be a voice of reason and not try to incite panic. But let me define the reality. And that is when the president of the United States can't tell us that when we're in a recession, That we are in a recession they work to change the definition they change the boundaries they change the definition that erodes the limited trust the american people had in this presidency to begin with and so that's foundational to me when you look at the people who have surrounded the president in most cases you think about with trump these were economists these were business leaders Titans of industry who had been there, done it. The people surrounding the president now were activists. This is not economic policy. It's activist policy. And -hmm. you can see where that's gotten us. And that's led now to the threat of, what, 86,000 new IRS agents that Mm -hmm. are going to be uh, helping be our new best friends. And that's not what we need right now.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Well said. Well said. And, and, and again, I think the, you, you hit it right on the nail when you said in regards to changing and redefining the definition of recession. I mean, how much more clear can that be? Two negative um, numbers of uh, GDP uh, numbers will, for the longest since I was a kid, has been defined
2: as recession.
1: And they went ahead and yeah, this, but we've been lied you know,
2: to about everything by this administration. So why should the uh, inflation rate be any different? You know, didn't the idiot say that uh, inflation was zero last month?
0: <laughs> or
2: or he, what, wasn't it June? That it was zero. It, it's like, can, can anyone believe anything? And what shocks me, what 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 appalls me, is there's people out there that believe
3: this crap. It's stunning (laughs) But anyway Well he might have said inflation was zero But it really means the level of confidence In this economy is close to zero And and I'll tell you this This was a CNN poll done about two months ago And it said at the time 26% of Americans on both sides of the aisle Approved of the economic direction This country was going in So that tells me that There's a lot of concerns, but what I would tell business owners listening and individuals listening right now that care about America, that care about their family, is we know there's a recession happening, but I want to encourage you to choose not to participate. And it's very, very important that people don't simply shrink back and think, well, my gosh, I need to cower in the corner. Now is the time to boldly take what's yours. And that's why I wrote my book, Good Money Revolution, was to empower mm-hmm. people, that whether they're working for someone, working for themselves, they're not happy with what they're getting paid, how can they go make more money right now practically in their lives and actually improve their families for generations to come?
1: Definitely.
3: And, and do you think that this whole
1: uh, trend of the great resignation of people li- leaving after the pandemic and not coming back it's one of the points of where the economy has been hurt the most or or is it that people just don't want to work because they're getting they're still getting uh funded by the government i mean there's there's a lot of different points that points back to why there may be uh an economic issue or was the fed the federal reserve they they misjudged they thought it was a transitory process. Uh, transitory process in regards to what um, Janet Yellen said.
3: That's a long question, so let me let me kind of walk you through step by step the answer to that because I know I know people listening right now they want answers and they want to know what does this mean to me. You know, so much of the news today is about what I call the general economy. People are worried about jobs and inflation and taxes, these kind of things, but. Ultimately, all people care about is how does this impact their personal economy? And what I would tell you is the great resignation was a symptom of a deeper, deeper problem. When people that I consult with right now talk about, you know, Derek, it's hard for us to retain quality people. And what was happening was that people were jumping ship to make more money because the grass looked greener on the other side. And what most people discovered was That company was no better off than my current company. The culture was worse. I'm making more money, but I'm not more happy. And so now we see this boomerang effect where one out of every four people who left their job are now coming back to their old job because they like the comfort, they like the the culture that was there. But now there's this term you might have heard called quiet quitting. So get this, now there's a whole generation of the workforce that have vowed to say, I'm going to work the minimum, the least I can from 8 to 5, and then go and enjoy the life I've always wanted outside of work and not put in my all here. And so right now, because people have gotten accustomed to the crumbs the government is tossing off to people, I them, don't accept those crumbs. If you live a minimum wage life, You'll have minimum wage opportunities, and you'll have a minimum wage future. I think you deserve better, and that's why I wrote this book, Good Money Revolution.
1: Definitely, definitely.
3: Uh, that's, that's that's a very good
1: observation um, in regards to the, the, the great resignation that's happening. How about the Fed misjudging or miscalculating this whole inflation? You know, because for such a long time they were doing the the, the quantitative easing, uh, more free money, more free printing of money, and you know the stock market was going through the roof. And now we're seeing that the stock market has been taking hits left and re- left and right. And as a private wealth advisor, consulting very, very wealthy individuals, how do they see, where do they see this market? Because I've heard some of the wealthiest individuals now are purchasing silver and gold. Right. What are you hearing out there and what are you seeing from, from a lot of your clients or former clients mm-hmm. or yeah
3: one of the concerns one of the concerns that people have right now is how long will this economic slowdown last? I met with a couple in my office just yesterday, and successful business owners, wealthy people, by most people standards. but keep in mind, everybody's wealth is their wealth. I mean, if a person has a hundred thousand dollars, that's like a million dollars. Then if somebody has a million dollars, that's their million dollars. So everybody has the perspective of that. what I have is what I have. But they were worried about the, the economy and the direction things were going. And the worry is when we see inflation at record highs and we see a Fed saying we're likely going to keep raising rates, that literally scares the stock market. And it scares investors and it even scares people on Main Street that are putting money in their 401Ks every paycheck because they see their balances going down, down, down. And one of the things that I I write about in my book Good Money Revolution is this concept of bad money beliefs. And so many people have been trained by this government, this administration to say the wealthy people are bad, that if you have money, you're bad, that money in general is bad and you need to share it with everybody else. I think that is flat, dead wrong. And what I want to teach people to do is empower them to go make more money and not rely on the government. Listen, we know the government is there to to really put its hand on your head and hold you down. I want to release that, empower people to go do more good. And one of the things I want to do is to help get this book's message into as many people's hands for free. We're giving away the first five chapters of the book, completely for free, people can go to goodmoneychapters.com. That's goodmoneychapters.com, goodmoneychapters.com, and download the first five chapters for free to get this life-changing message in people's hands right away.
1: Definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll put it on our website and uh, promote your book. As a, as a matter of fact, we were, uh, I was just about to ask you for your uh, current website, and current um, access, how we can get your book.
3: Yeah, you can buy uh, Good Money Revolution wherever your favorite books are sold. Uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble. Amazon's probably the preferred choice where most people buy the book. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you can go to goodmoneyframework.com, goodmoneyframework.com, and there are some free downloadables there. We want to just empower people with the tools they need to make the money they deserve.
1: Fantastic, definitely, definitely. And uh, when I first saw your resume, uh, I said, you're perfect. It's, we are in, a, in, in an economic situation right now, not just the United States, on a global, and we're going to touch on the global aspect of this, uh, because we're, we live in a global economy. So whatever impacts Europe or other parts in China will impact us. Um, one of the one of the things that I noticed from your book is, and, and, and it, one of the things that caught my attention is, good people grow good money. And and is your and is your mission to help others make good money and use it wisely? Can you give us some examples of that?
3: Yeah, you know it's interesting. Let's say that somebody listening right now is feeling overlooked, overworked, and underappreciated. And I'll tell you about a woman named Debbie who I met with a couple of years ago, and she began working for a small company, and she was promised a lot, but not much was delivered. And she came to me and she said, I want to make more money, but I don't want to settle for the 4% raise that most companies toss at you. And so we came up with a strategy, and she was working as an administrative assistant And she coordinated most of the calls that came into the office. And so she realized that her boss didn't have a lot of extra time to bring in new business. And so we came up with a strategy that because she worked with a lot of the clients herself anyway, she would pitch to her boss, hey, give me 25% of the lowest producing clients and let me begin to be the point of contact. I'll get licensed. And then she came up with an idea, and that was that if she – produced an incentive where she empowered all the employees to get a bonus if they referred people to the company, if they referred new business in. So within about six months, her boss loved the idea. Debbie was making about $25,000 more per year because she found a way to tap into the boss's favorite radio station, which is WIIFM, which stands for What's In It For Me. And if you can answer the (laughs) question boss wants to know, how can you make more money for the company, then they're typically more willing to share with the employee who has helped make more money. So it was taking a different mindset to her current dilemma and adding value to it. Because we know that you can bang on the boss's door and demand a 4% raise, and that's all it. But when you add value, you beat the value. I'll tell you another quick story. There was another gentleman who was wanting to really grow his own business. He was, again, overworked and not feeling like there was much purpose there. He loved making money, but he didn't feel like it was as meaning to his life. And we helped him determine a cause, a real passion of his, and it happened to be education, and there was a school, he had gone with this overseas a couple of years earlier, and he decided to take a portion of all of his profits and help build a school for this village overseas. Well, his clients got excited about it. His team got excited, and most importantly, he got re-energized. And so he realized the connection that it's one thing to go make money, but if you go make money with a purpose, you can make more of it because you want to do more good with it. And his business wow. grew and has grown the past five years and adding meaning to it. So those are two examples that your listeners can take and say, Hey, I want you to go make money, go make a lot of it, and now use a lot of it for good, and you'll be the respected leader in your community that you've always wanted to be known as.
1: Interesting, interesting. Um, when did you when when did you feel that you wanted to move and become more of a, a teaching a money mentor money driven mentor for other folks when did that kick in
3: you know i I had a practice that i built as a financial advisor for 25 years and you know i when i graduated college the reason i went into financial planning was i looked around and i I looked at my parents i looked at my parents friends and they all were concerned about money but nobody was offering any type of a plan or a strategy to help them know how much it would take to be able to retire and live the life they want and and the things they've always worked hard to do. And that motivated me to become a financial advisor in the first place. So 25 years later, having built a very successful, some would say nationally recognized practice in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I decided to to make a bold move and sell my practice so I could go full on to take this national message that, money is not bad and good people should have more of it and i want to take that message nationwide because in culture today i see people lobbying criticism at companies like amazon and elon musk and all, all the people who create tens of thousands mm-hmm. of jobs now are they good people i don't know they're creating great jobs and they're helping grow this economy so People have a choice to make, and this is, I want to shoot straight into the eyeballs of people right now and say, look, you can choose to waste your breath lobbying criticism at people who are making money, or you can learn the tools where you can make more money yourself and change the trajectory of your family's life for decades to come. I mean, that's what's at stake right now. I can either waste my limited time here on earth criticizing other people who are more successful than me, who really I'm just more jealous of, or I can go learn how to become wealthy myself on my terms and begin giving money to causes that I care about. That's how you take control of your financial future.
1: Yes, that's, again, so well said. But the the part that, that really caught my attention right now is when you said people are so obsessed with jealousy, and 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 I blame the government for this because they divide folks. If you're successful, you must you're a bad person. So we need to attack you and criticize you in every every way. And that that really is done to divide the country and divide people. The haves
3: and the have-nots. That's exactly right, and that's what. I am sad to say that's what this presidency is all about, is dividing the country. And even tonight, we heard a speech criticizing Republicans, criticizing the very people that grew the economy before gas prices doubled, before the cost of bread tripled, before the cost of milk skyrocketed. That was the administration that actually helped grow this economy. And so I just want to tell people listening right now, here's what's at stake you can choose to live an average life hoping the government's going to bail you out or you can say you know what i'm tired of this enough is enough i'm going to take whatever steps i need to take to go make more money whether i'm working for someone or working for myself or wanting to work for myself and take the principles i write them in my book good money revolution You can go to goodmoneychapters.com, download the first five chapters. But I want to use this book to empower people to fight back for what the government is telling people to stay average. I believe people are not called to be average. They're called to be extraordinary. And money is a great way to live the life you've always wanted.
1: Definitely. And I I think the the way your the framework of how to – go about it it's a great reason why we everyone who's out there listening to 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 this program should go out there and get the money uh the the good money revolution have to make more money and do more good because we need more they're discouraging the government is discouraging what you're trying to inject and promote so
0: That's that's
1: you're it.
3: exactly right, and that, that's what bothers me right now, and that's you know and i I think the longer that we go, and this is why I don't want the American people to be deceived, and that is even though you know today is uh what is this September first, you know September November 1st. elections feel like a long time away, but don't be deceived, don't be deceived by this democratic message that says. Their way is the best way. I believe there's a better way for your money today, and it's not that way. That way is going to hold you back and limit you from opportunities. We want to press forward and boldly go into this country with the freedom that we all deserve, and that is the tools to make more money, to do more good, and to live the life you've always wanted. I think if you ask any hardworking American right now, they want opportunity and not have it Mm -hmm. limited.
1: Definitely. That's the reason this is the land of opportunity, to grow and become something that every other country is envious of it. So uh, 254, um, do you have a question right now for Derek Kinney, Mr. Kinney? Uh, not yet. All right. So we have we had 1990 housing market crash in the early 90s. 2008, the same scenario. Where do you see this uh, housing market if you were advising
3: your, your clients, your wealthy clients? So as I advise my wealthy clients right now, here's what I'm telling them. First of all, you always want to have the mind of a capitalist and the eyeballs of a strategist. And what that means is, While the media says housing market is dropping, housing market is soft, housing market is really bad, real estate is a fantastic investment. And if you can go against what the current thinking is, you might get a really good deal. For example, where I live, one of the greatest opportunities is what's called the short-term rental market. So imagine this. If I were to buy a house and I put a renter in that house, I might charge, let's say rent is $2,000 a month, okay? So I'm going to get $2,000 a month. Let's say my mortgage is $1,500 a month. But if I short-term rental the house in certain areas around the country, that's where people stay one to two days. I might make up to $6,000 a month on that house. Now, there's housekeeping. There's more time you've got to devote to it but if you live in cities around the country, Dallas, Fort Worth, Nashville, parts of Florida, um where there's attractions where people automatically go there and they need a place to stay, real estate can be a huge opportunity. So if you if you agree with what I've said, if you agree with that philosophy, then mm-hmm. saving money right now as aggressively as you can to put a down payment, the lowest down payment you can make and use other people's money to finance it, This could be a wonderful opportunity. So it's all how you see it. The government wants you to feel like, oh, we're in a recession, or actually they don't want you to know that because they can't define the recession, but we all know it feels (laughs) like a recession. And they don't want you to buy houses and they want you to slow down. Now is the time where people make money. We've seen this in history time and time again where in times of economic crunchiness, as I like to refer to it, this is when people who take well-reasoned risks three to five years from now look like geniuses because the market has rebounded, they went in when people were fearful, and they took advantage of the opportunity. And that's what I want for each of your listeners now as well to think differently. We only get one turn uh, in this, this life, and I want to make sure it, it's a turn that really helps you financially you're achieving your full economic potential because the government is not going to give that to you.
1: And, and, and I, I experienced that in 2007. Uh, close to 2008, I basically sold my house. Then I basically went ahead and and, and, and it came out because I, I was analy- analyzing the market, so I went against the grain. So my philosophy, it's just like what you just said, go against what they're saying, do the opposite.
2: Right, right. Definitely. Yeah, that's an old thing for uh, Army guys.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, old, old Army guys, you know, their attitude is, yeah, do exactly what that. And uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, old Army Vietnam veteran, worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. And when that first plane hit, they told everyone, oh, stay in your desk, all this, all that. He heard that, oh. and he thought, well, I'm doing the opposite. And he got the hell out of there. Yeah,
0: and he was with Tampa,
2: yeah. and, and it was only because he said the stairs were right there. He was like, I'm gone. You know, it was a long walk, but screw that. He said, they told me to stay. I'm leaving. <laughs> so that's a, a very old, a, an axiom
3: by a generation, you know, do the opposite of what the line is. Right. Uh, well, and my message what? for your listeners tonight is, you know, they're, they've come home from work, they're listening to your great show. I would just mm-hmm. say to yourself, ask yourself this question, am I happy, am I fully content with where I am financially right now? Or do you feel like there's more potential but it's not yet tapped into? And the reason I wrote this book, Good Money Revolution, was I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. As I talk to so many hardworking Americans who work every day to put food on the table for their family, provide a better life for them, often working at a job they don't even like, they deserve better. And so in this book, I give people the tools, practical tools they can put in practice tomorrow that regardless of, of what the government says, regardless of what the government does, you can finally take control of your financial future. So like I said, the first five chapters are available for free at goodmoneychapters.com. Happy for people to download those and start taking control uh, of the life that they've always wanted to have, but didn't know how to do it.
1: Definitely. I I think it, 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 it will benefit everyone out there to explore your book in totality, the whole book. But the first five chapters that's a good start. Um, in, in regards, um, Derek, uh, what's the, what got you going with the uh, podcast, the Good Money po- podcast? You've had some really great uh, guests on your program, like Matthew well, McConaughey, yeah. and, 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 yeah, and Matthew a couple McCone,
3: more. Yeah, hey, uh, David John, quite a few other guests. You know, it's interesting because I, I sold my practice back in January of 2020, and I had a decision to make, and that is I could either start writing the book that I had envisioned in my mind, or I could launch a podcast. And I began to think through that we were in a time of real crisis. You know, people needed reasonable, easy to understand advice to navigate all of the uncertainties during COVID, and I realized if I wrote the book, writing a book is really in private and you're by yourself and not really adding to people's lives while you do that. But the podcast, I could begin a conversation that would really help people. And so my daughter, of all things, one day comes in and she says, Dad, I think the time is now to launch the podcast. And I just took that <laughs> as a sign and we just did it. And, you, you know, if you think back, you guys, are, you guys are so seasoned, but if you if you ever go back to like some of your earliest ever radio recordings and you think, oh my gosh, I sounded like that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's how my first couple episodes were. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but what I realized, I I realized a principle that I think can help. It helped me. And I think it can help your listeners as well. And that is when you focus so much on yourself, it can really cause you not to add a lot of value to people's lives. But I began to realize, look, there don't even worry about how you sound as long as you're helping. Other people and adding value to them, you're going to be Definitely. fine. And once I took the focus off, I call it losing, you know, the me show and going to the we show. Once I, I began the we show where we're all working together, the show really took off. And uh, it's all about giving exactly. people, you know, practical tools. But I've had some of the guests I've had on the show have taught me so much. You know, one of them was Mark Randolph. I'll share this with you real quick, and he he was the co-founder of Netflix. And he's oh, wow. telling me the story about his son who loved to, uh, to uh, roller, kind of rollerblade, roller skate. And, and the skate parks that they go to, there's the ledge where you, you put your board on the edge. And he talked about that people rarely want to lean all the way in because they feel like you're going to fall. And because they worry about that, they kind of lean back. And then when they go, that causes them to fall. And he said, believe it or not, you have to have this moment of faith where you look right down and think you're going to fall, but when you take the action, that step, then you don't. And that lesson was one that I've carried with me for years now because sometimes we have to look fear directly in the eye. And we have to realize we're probably not going to die, but that that's going to be the best way to conquer the fear is to go right into it. And so that is what helped motivate me as I navigated The podcast and the book and now the the business consulting work that we do helping small business owners all around the country dominate their local market, these are all new things. And so it's a continual betting on yourself to say, I want to help people And, and the more value that I help people. And so my mission is, you know, helping small business owners make more money to do more good. And I find that people who are making more money, they feel more satisfied with their life, but not just to fill up their bank account, not to hit this huge number, but to do it with a purpose. And imagine if there's a cause that you care about, whether it's homelessness or poverty or clean water or investing in the lives of young people, whatever that cause is, imagine how good you would feel if you could give the money you've always wanted to those causes, and you're adding value to people's lives and that's what this book is all about is bringing those two concepts together
1: definitely we have another caller three one four three eight one you have a question for mr Kinney?
4: well i was going to ask a couple questions one uh this federal government has gotten completely out of control and i'm going to give you two examples of total disregard for the u.s constitution Now, Joe Biden just authorized us uh, to put in favoritism for forgiving student loans. And what's wrong with that, and not only in this case, but several others, is that he's offering it to specific groups in the country rather than all Americans as a whole. And one thing that it should have been done was to take the exemption of filing bankruptcy. When it comes down mm-hmm. to student loans, which mm-hmm. Article 1 of the Constitution permits, it talks very much mm-hmm. on bankruptcy. Now, mm-hmm. what would that mean? Well, all Americans could take advantage of it then, right? You could file bankruptcy well, and get yourself part. out of those positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, sir.
3: Well, I tell you what, I what, like I like your question there because… First of all, it's a very intelligent question, but it it goes to the fact that this is, in my opinion, a president that puts policies in place that he thinks will generate short-term votes. You know, we know that people have come out from both sides of the aisle, nonpartisan economic reviews that have said, listen, inflation will likely go higher because of paying off the student debt that will more than even offset what the Democrats promised in this Inflation Reduction Act. And Mm -hmm. we're simply robbing Peter to pay Paul. We're simply using the government and other people's money to pay this off. And your point about bankruptcy, I think, is very intriguing because, you know, obviously there's laws that that provide that opportunity for people. But what we're seeing right now is because the economy is so restrictive – we're seeing credit card usage go sky high. People are trying to borrow money, and eventually this middle class is getting so squeezed that by even paying off student loans it's going to cause more harm than good. And that's what really concerns me right now, but great question.
4: And you know, one other thing real quick, if I could. Yeah, go ahead. The states get – the federal power gets its – the federal government, federal government gets its power from the state. But the states don't know how to use, that is, the people making their legislatures do the right thing or the will of the people. They don't know how to do it. They won't do it. Now, the only reason I vote, as being a conservative, the reason I vote for Republicans is because many of the policies that I like, like school choice, strong borders, and protection of our national markets from – you know, dumping by foreign businesses. He, they talk about it. And they propose them. But the other side is always about to take from one and give to the other in order to buy favoritism, which has been going on for a long time. But I don't want to take up no more time on your show. I really
1: appreciate no, no, the just opportunity. Just like uh, Mr. Kinney said, great, great comments, great, great questions. But if you have an opportunity, you can go to, uh, Mr. Kinney, um, Good Money Revolution, the first five chapters, are you can
3: download it for free, right? That's right. Yeah, go to goodmoneychapters.com. We'd love to get you the first five for free.
4: I'm going to check it out. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Excellent, excellent. So getting back to the um, – he made an excellent point on, on this, but there's, there's one thing that came out today the Bank of America is going to be providing, has unveiled a zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgage advance targeting blacks and Hispan- the Hispanic community. Yes. What's your take? Is, is, is
3: are, are we creating another subprime loan here? Well, again, I, I, I salute their effort to provide housing opportunity to a wider demographic group. The problem with this is this creates a situation where it's it's an unfair situation. I mean, there, while we want to have Hispanic and black and white and, and people to have equal access to housing, certainly what these policies reek of is, well, if you're white and you're middle class and you're having trouble buying your first house, Well, too bad for you. And that creates resentment and anxiety, and it creates Mm -hmm. a racial divide in housing that is completely manufactured, which is unnecessary. You know, I want equality for all people, and it shouldn't be reserved for the select few. And in the name of providing equality, we're now making it unfair to people That bothers me, and I think people who hear that will feel like they're uh, being turned on, and that's not the America that we want to have. We want to have policies where they're for everybody. Yeah, I want
2: to think, uh, didn't we previously have a housing crisis because federal agencies were lending money to unqualified mortgage persons? And we had the housing crisis, although the people at Fannie Mae were highly rewarded for that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That is true. Barney?
3: Well, you know, you ever I watched remember. The Big Short, have you watched that movie, The Big Short? No. Yes, I have. Okay, so The, the, the Big Short, uh, you know, it's fascinating, but it's basically, you know, the you know, a couple of probably 10 years or so ago, the big, big housing crisis. And it was a situation where, you know, banks were talking about, no, people will always pay their mortgages. There's not a problem. And it was that widespread false belief system that caused the entire housing sector to crash. And, you know, the, the issue right now is we want more people to have the opportunity to buy houses. I mean, I even read today. Now this is not on the campus of UC Berkeley, but it's an off campus mm. private housing. And the motto is that it's only for uh people who are non white. And so if you're white, you can't go into the common area of this particular off campus private mm-hmm. housing development. And see, all of that now again it's private. I mean, heck they can choose to do what they want to do, but that's just not right. I mean, those types of things are not right. You know, I want to welcome everyone into my house, into my office, into the business that I have, because I want to help improve their lives. My job is not a restrictor of opportunity. It's an extractor of potential for where people are at. So again, I, I am completely opposed to the economic policies of where we are right now. But I wrote this book, Good Money Revolution, not knowing the debacle that the economy would be in today, but I would just ask each of your listeners to ask themselves, am I completely happy? Am I completely content with where I am right now financially? And if not, what will you do about it?
1: Right, right. That's These these. Issues are um, very critical in 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 today's world, and and we and we need to find solutions like good money revolution, how to make more money and do more good. Two five four six five four. Do you have a question for Mr. Kenny?
0: No, it's uh, it's good listening. That's
1: it. Okay. So one of the critical things that I got on a text right here, uh, was what's the, in your opinion, in regards to the food price, uh, food uh, increase in price in food, that's impacting also, besides the mortgage and the rent and everything and the interest rates going up, the the food rationing, I mean, the food uh, pricing, how is, how is that impacting and how would that impact the economy in the next six months?
3: Well, keep in mind, for many people, especially as they get their kids ready for school, they bought school supplies, now many families are faced with, do I put food on the table with the rising costs of food prices, or can I put my kids in the extracurricular activities that I really want them to be in? And those are the difficult choices. Yes that people are having to make right now, and that's that's putting American families in a situation that they shouldn't have to be put in. You know, we've seen, while gas prices have dropped a little bit, they're still way above where they were a year ago. I mean, people's pocketbooks can testify to that. We see food costs higher, and those are likely not going to radically drop anytime soon, so you've got a choice to make, and that is people can begin to slide the credit card out more, or they can begin to find alternative ways to make more money, and that's why I think right now is there's a unique opportunity because the pendulum has shifted toward the employee. You know, there's this term uh, called quiet quitting that's been uh, talked about recently, where, where people are you know working the minimum amount they can, and so forth. And you know, when you can stand out and add value in your company you can make more money right now because companies realize the cost of attracting and retaining people is high. Mm -hmm. And so I think an opportunity right now for people, even, you know, what I would suggest people do is whatever job you're in right now, ask yourself three questions. And I write about this in the book. What can you do to help increase sales? What can you do to help reduce costs and how can you help increase the business? And if you can answer those three questions and go to your boss and say, Hey, I like working here, but I want to make more money. I've got a couple of ideas of how I can help the business make more money. Let's work up a plan where as we do these things, I can make more money as well. And we're hearing from people all over the country that I consult with, up to 90% of employers are telling their employees, yes, I love that idea. Let's do it, because it's a win-win for them.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah,
3: it's that and the energy
1: prices. I mean, it's just – um out of control and as a matter of fact we're seeing in europe the the cost of of, of uh, electricity and everything going through the roof and they're expecting which again as i brought it up previously there this is part of the you know we live in a global economy so whatever is impacting there will, will be impacting us and that electricity due to the the russia russia or ukraine crisis and Russia cutting off the gas and oil from the Europeans, how do you see that energy uh, crisis impacting our country?
3: Well, we're likely going to see rising energy costs. Now, one of the things that is a natural ebb and flow of the economy is, you know, we saw President Biden blame the rising cost of gas on Putin. And then when the cost of gas began to come down, Biden took the credit for it. Well, it's right. hard to blame somebody and then take the credit for something that you had no control over, <laughs> okay? So we <laughs> we know that supply and demand kicks in, and that's ultimately what determines the price of energy. But I think as an investor right now, uh, energy is a is an area that's very intriguing. But I would tell people – You know, if I'm I'm with somebody right now in my office, we're talking about what are the strategies and how can you follow the consumer? So one thing we know is in the Inflation Reduction Act, there's quite a bit of tax credits on alternative energy, which means cars like Tesla and electric cars and solar and wind. And so all of those areas, listen, you can choose to fight it and not even like it, but do yourself a favor. You may want to invest in it. You can invest in it and still cuss it at the same time, but at least you're making money while you're complaining about it. Okay. <laughs> That's, you know, like When I'm at the gas pump and I'm criticizing paying $5 for a gallon of gas, well, if I own ExxonMobil stock, it sort of mutes the pain a little bit, if you get what I'm saying.
0: So the bottom exactly. line
3: is I want your listeners to be savvy investors and look for opportunities right now. That way, even if the economy goes south, consumers are always directing where the opportunities are. And so if you follow the consumer, you're simply going to follow yourself to a higher bank account.
1: Definitely. Uh, and I think another aspect of, of this whole thing with the energy, I mean, we, we're seeing where California is banning, uh, you know, gas guzzlers starting in thirty five, but then they just came out and said that possible blackouts that you cannot charge your electrical vehicle. So it's a contradiction here, you know, it's like
0: uh,
1: <laughs> we're, we're we're going to restrict you from driving it because you can't charge your car. But you can't drive the gas guzzler because it affects climate change. I mean, it's 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 just you can't make this up.
3: <laughs> anyway, you, know, um, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, what I was going to say, I mean, the policies like that are are so characteristic of just a lack of understanding the American public right now. You know, when when a person goes to the office from eight to five every day, they come home, they cook dinner, they pick up a food to take out, bring it home take care of their kids, do their homework, get ready for bed, maybe watch a little bit of TV. When you have politicians who people have voted for that have been placed in a level of responsibility that are telling people, look, if you have a car that takes gas, don't drive it. If you have a car that takes electricity, don't drive it. Well, that's not practical. See, we need practical, actionable solutions that can improve people's lives. And what I'm I'm finding is, We can't rely on the politicians to do that for us. We have to rise up as individual people and families and say, look, making money, I believe, is one of the most powerful levers to positively impact your family and do the things you always wanted to do. So I want people to go make a lot of money. And in my book, Good Money Revolution, I talk about how to do it, goodmoneychapters.com, the first five chapters for free. But people need to take control of their own financial lives right now. If you want to wait for the politicians to improve and uplift your life, you're going to die an old and very empty person.
1: Right. That's, that's, that's very, very true. Um, to call, to get to the point of the main topic that was, um, what caught, caught my attention was this new situation with the IRS, 87,000 new accountants, but with a gun, with a weapon. What where do you see this going? Do you, do you believe that this is just a, a, a tactic that they're using to scare the American uh, people, or is it something that they really, really are going to enforce?
3: Well, I don't think it's necessarily a tactic to scare people. Keep in mind, you know, the the Inflation Reduction Act is targeting higher-income individuals and corporations to then redistribute wealth to the other people in our country. That's the structure of that bill. Now, part of that is how can they get that money, and the way they do that is through... IRS agents. One thing that we've seen with the Trump administration, and the Trump administration had plenty of its own problems, but when you look at the economic success, the proof was in the pudding. There was less regulation. There was more motivation, more encouragement for business owners and companies to go make more money. You know, people were more prosperous than they are two years uh, ago. Uh, they, You know, they were more prosperous two years ago than they are today. And that's a big concern right now. So as we see more and more people wanting to make more money, we're going to see the IRS with threats out there that say, look, if you make over $400,000, we might have our sights on you. And when the IRS commissioner comes out and says, look, if you make under $400,000, you have nothing to worry about, what that says in a not-so-subtle way is every business owner who makes over $400,000, you're on watch. And we may be coming to you with greater enforcement, so you better make less money. Well, when you tell a business owner that who doesn't want to get into legal troubles and who worries about this government and a lack of trust that most people have right now, it's at the highest level ever, that could cause the local economies all around this country to crumble The backbone of this country is the hardworking men and women who get up early every morning and open up their shop, and they provide valuable services and products to people in our community. And if those are in danger, if those people are worried about their livelihood, that could be very, very bad. We know that two-thirds of our economy is built on how comfortable and confident The average American Mm -hmm. feels about this economy, and most people don't feel confident. Now, we're about to go – we're in September now, which historically is one of the most volatile months of the stock market. And so that on the heels of the Federal Reserve Chairman saying, look, we're not only not going to reduce rates, we might keep raising rates, and it may cause pain for people. That is not what people want to hear today.
1: Definitely not, and I, I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but m- most of the stock market crashes have happened in mm-hmm. october we've have and, and I believe October has been the month that the most stock market crashes is that is, would would I be correct in, in saying that
3: historically that is correct, yes,
1: okay, so at this point, at this point um Please go ahead and promote your book uh, your website and uh, your podcast
3: too because I definitely want
1: to sure. tune in to your your podcast
3: well it, it's been great to be with both of you guys tonight, and uh, I can see why you have yeah. such a popular show we We want to get the Thanks. message of the book Good Money Revolution, which is now a USA Today national bestseller uh, into his hands and as many people as possible so you can go to Good Money chapters. Dot com, GoodMoneyChapters.com, and download the first five chapters for free. If you want to buy the entire book, you can go to Amazon.com. Uh, it's called Good Money Revolution. And we'd love to have you listen to the Good Money podcast, where we give people practical tools to help them make more money and do more good. And also, if you're on Instagram, you can follow us at Derek T. Kinney. But GoodMoneyChapters.com uh, gets you the first five for free.
1: Definitely. Everyone out there listening, please go and your Good Money podcast, when is that um, when when are you on the air?
3: Yeah, we drop new episodes every Monday. And if you oh, go over to Monday. Apple or Spotify or Stitcher, just look up Good Money oh. podcast and uh, you'll find it there.
1: Well, Derek, Kinney, uh, Mr. Kenny, uh, it, it's been a pleasure. Um, I really we enjoyed. I enjoyed it, and I, our <laughs> listening audience also. So, um, thank you for taking the time. Do um, apologize for the miscommunication on on my part with uh, with Bridget, uh, but we're glad to have you. We had you today on the program, and um, wish you the best. and And we'll stay in touch because uh, I know we need to help more individuals out there make good money for the good of, of our economy and for the good of life. So, well, it
3: was a pleasure to be with both of you. Thank you for having me tonight. It was a real pleasure.
1: All right. Have a good one. Next week we'll yeah, have
3: another another exciting
1: guest uh, on our program. Good night. God bless. All right. Good night, Mark.
2: Good night.
0: He's He's uh, I, really I no. no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait,
3: wait. Hello. Uh, like the Yeah. Yeah. the you,
1: um, is, and you, and you, okay. you never buy when you and, no no but the other thing that he said was that you say uh, is that you know don't you know with this resentment with that they're trying to take device uh-huh. um that you should just focus on making more money you know like
0: <laughs> oh, don't focus on that they're keeping you
1: from messaging on making money. I never said that. Um,
0: you call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more people than you. Okay,
1: I'm big, yep, yep. Well, he, 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 he I, but he complimented by show. I
0: know. Just no, no. I, I,
1: I thought I'm I was, I thought I was listening,
0: listening. listening to you. I, I, I'm serious.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I. And a in his first five chapters, you he, he get for free. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he he enjoyed coming on, on
0: that show. I'll talk to you when I get out. I'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, i He started start saying things so that you say. Uh-huh. And then I said, No, what was she doing? You don't want to talk. No, nope. I'm listening to everything you said. I'm talking I always said, I keep my head on. I... Yeah, but I'm um... going to have Okay, do you want What? Yep. No. My... Well, you guys. No, I'm I to get right. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. okay. you. i okay. they I can't hear you. What? Yeah, she's not into the room. That's yeah, not the room. Uh Yeah? I didn't And I'm hey, a <laughs> Okay. I can oh, What? Okay. Thank you Thank right. you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was Pepper. Of mm-hmm.